Northerly the leader. Old Comrade down the outside. Northerly shows the way from Old Comrade. Sister Patricia, corporate Bruce and home run. But Northerly, Danny Miller coming away. And Northerly wins the railway from Old Lucky Gray coming down the outside now. God Spoken's got up on the fence. Mr. Moet though hits the front. A boil over. Mr. Moet first up. He's won the railway from Lucky Gray. Not sure about third playing God. God has spoken. Rosie Rocket. What a win it's been by Mr. Moet. Won't the Corks be a Terrific down the outside, Platinum Rocker and fire up, Fifi stride for stride, Platinum Rocker fire up, Fifi, Lucky Grey, Lucky Grey on the outside, swap them, gather them up, it's another one for Lucky Grey, Lucky Grey's got home to win his second railway stakes from either Platinum Rocker. Scales of Justice and the Durban Demon has kicked him away. Scales of Justice led three lengths to Good Project. Perfect reflection, but Dougie White's going to win it on Scales of Justice. It's a mighty West Platoon, he's coming down the outside and so is Regal Power. Regal Power levels up, grabs the lead. It's Regal Power. Regal Power on the outside. The Wizard has done it again in the railway Here comes Inspirational Girl. She's starting to thread her way through the field. Inspirational Girl. Pike under hands and heels. Ranges up, grabs the lead. It's a winning hat trick for the Wizard. And goes Pike's hardly flinched. 150 left to go. And the hot pot storms up, grab the lead. This is all over. It's all over. Bar the shouting. The Empire reigns supreme. Western Empire won it by. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. With a bit of Escape Club, thank you very much for getting the year-round carnival preview of Ascot Railway Stakes Day. And of course, we're going to start off by having a look at the Kembla Grange Million Dollar Gong, and we're doing it with Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Ralphie, top of the morning to you, and it looks like a great day. Oh, absolutely. We're straight off the turnbuckle here because there's, uh, I think, hoping, <laughs> you can't be can't be wrong nor right before a race, but I'm hoping there's uh, there's some opportunities here from how I've uh, assessed it. So we're here to compare a bit of notes, and we're starting off with the Million Dollar Kembla Gong. Vince, help me here. How will you expect Kembla to play? With some rain predicted. With rain predicted. Really? Yeah, of course, we'll update everything in the morning. Yeah, okay. Oh, wow, I didn't... Rightio, that's that's really interesting, the rain. I wasn't factoring that. I did for Queensland, but not for New South Wales. Rail true, Ralphie. It usually does suit horses closer to the speed. Yep. In those first four to six lanes are definitely, uh, you know, pretty hot. You can come out really wide, but it's it's a harsh penalty. And with big fields like this race here, I just feel that if you if you're in the backpack, you know, 10, 12, you've got no hope. Absolutely none. Doesn't matter where you strike, even if you strike to the inside, there'll be way too much traffic because they race tight there as well, Ralphie. They don't spread out as much in the home straight. Right. 
So I really feel that we want to be on these horses that are worst case scenario midfield, but we are going to be looking at A, is there any horses that are any good or in that forward pack? And if they're further back than midfield, and if we like them, we probably should stay away from them. There's probably three form lines here amongst the uh, amongst the favourites. There's been Cepheus, who's uh, whose form's just been so rock solid and done an amazing job here. Uh, uh, Matty Dunn in, uh, in in keeping him up and keeping him racing so well, so deep into his preparation. Uh, he's uh, what well, his preparation started last February, so he's having his 14th run here, but uh, but continues to hold his line. Uh, Osipenko up from Melbourne from Group One Racing and been given a bit of a freshen up and a barrier trial with James McDonald, and then coming off that. Uh, of that bizarre race last start, the uh, the five diamonds detonated Jack and Waterford. Uh, firstly, how are you accessing the pace of this race? Big field, solid pace, at least four go forward horses, and thank goodness most of them aren't that good. <laughs> so that, that, you know, can help that next quartet pack of runners, which I feel is really important. I couldn't pin the race anything slower than uh, three lengths above benchmark. Realistically, it's probably going to be at least six, but not less than three lengths, Ralphie. So it's going to be solid pace, and we know the golden spot, three to eight lengths, maximum eight, maximum. Well, Osipenko is an on-pace runner. Uh, he's uh, blinkers first times. So that sort of screams intent. He's off a seven-week freshen from the Turnbull. And of note in that Turnbull, he went from the Maccabi Diva uh, at, uh, over the mile behind Mr. Brightside Put on pace, and fair enough too, tactically, but he found a race of very high pressure in the Turnbull. So he's gone from a slow mile to a fast 2,000, gassed out. Since had that barrier trial, how are you assessing his chances tomorrow? Okay. Everything when you look at this runner and even the stable, you would like to take a position. This is a golden setup in the sense where it is in its campaign. What is that, four runs for the prep? Yep. If it delivers what it did at Flemington, it'll be by how far? But I mean, there's no way they're going to beat this horse if he turns up in that same shape when he raced against Alligator and Brightside. Rolfing, we don't have to be geniuses to work out. If Brightside was in this race, you'd be lucky if you got a dollar fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Alligator was in the race. You'd be lucky if you get $2, right? $2. So what price is Ozapenko? Uh He's sort of mid, 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 mid to low threes. Yeah. Mid, mid right. threes. Okay. He's not like a, a whopping price, but he's definitely the runner that they all have to beat. He's entitled to be favourite, is what I guess is what you're saying. The uh, the, the two that um, that come from the five diamonds, or the main two, if you like, are detonated Jack and Waterford. We said afterwards on the on the Monday show that was like a one in five hundred race shape. It was just so bizarre. They went so slow, and then a big surge in, in that in that mid race. And really, if you were if you were off pace, you were no chance. Detonated Jack and uh, and Waterford. Detonated Jack was eleven dollars. Waterford was twenty one dollars. Always been a horse, hasn't. Is, is that a lot of hype on him, Waterford? Hasn't quite delivered. Low draw tomorrow. Just wonder if that can have him a bit closer. Detonated Jack probably couldn't have done much more under that race shape when running third. Well, Detonated Jack's definitely a really interesting runner. And Blinker's first time, I should yeah. I, I like the profile of this horse. <laughs> Needless to say, who the stable is, right? Yep. Target, everything's got the right ring about it. I cannot fault this runner. The only variable is this. I've scored on the dashboard that 
everybody not running to their absolute optimum. In particular, I'm talking about Osipenko and not running to its optimum. If it doesn't run to its optimum, which is definitely somewhere in that three range, then Detonator Jack doesn't have to do a lot to be the next serious horse to consider because I feel there's no afterthinking here. This is a look, you could just sort of sense this is a real target. Yep. And I'm I, look, I can probably say that for a number of horses, but a lot of these horses did try everywhere else as well, right? But this runner. I can't fault it, Ralphie. Even coming back the 200 metres in distance isn't going to be a negative because the pace was so slow, as you know, that, that run at Rose Hill. I just cannot see how that can be a disadvantage. A faster run race, usually when they go slow, it can affect them. But the way the horse ran its last 800 metres, you have a look at it, between the 8 and the 4, 4.8 above, last 400 plus 8. The mid-race yeah. squeeze was 19.5. Horrendous, right? Horrendous. But this horse has done it many times in the past, which is a good sign. And it also shows me that maybe they don't always ride this horse to its optimum. I don't reckon they're going to take any... They're going to take all those equations out of it tomorrow. And now you're saying with the wet ground, I'm just having a quick look at the WTI. Well, this horse is going to get some give in the ground if it comes as well. As in, he's he's fine with it. He can handle it, absolutely. I mean, he's no, like, world champion swimmer or anything like that, but he can definitely get through. If we're talking S5 as an example, right? Yep. Not going to be a problem. Maybe even S6, but if it was heavy, I'd probably have to give that a bit more thought. Uh, Waterford ran fifth uh, to him, and that too had an impossible race shape and and a a massive barrier switch here from 14 to 2. He's a headache, of course, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I remember when we were doing the podcast, I, I felt like this is the horse. And probably I was a little bit foolish in what I said, Rolfie, because I, I was doing the form yesterday and I was going, like, this looks like your race as well. I mean, yeah. how weird is it? And again, came off that crazy shape last start. I mean, seven and a half lengths below benchmark. The squeeze was just. We just talked about dead and Jack, but this squeeze was 22.8. Well beyond this horse. When I say well beyond it, he's only ever had three big squeezes in his sort of most recent times, and this has clearly been the biggest. Like, I mean, if I compare that mid-race move to what he did back in September, it was like eight lengths more. I mean, that's how significant it was, and that probably did take its toll on, on the horse, and hence the reason why the performance was below. But he definitely will have to go to a new PB, I feel, to win. Uh, am I sitting here saying he can't do it? No. He's there because not. I don't believe there's a lot of depth to the race. That's why he's there. Yeah. Uh, Palmetto, before we get to Cepheus, I'll just ran off Palmetto because it does obviously uh, tie in with, with the two we've just mentioned, Detonator Jack and Waterford. It was a three-way finish uh, two starts back when uh, Palmetto outbobbed uh, Detonator Jack and Waterford at, uh, at uh, was it, uh, it was, uh, Randwick, sorry, 1,500. And then last up, he probably had things his way race shape-wise, but uh, he, he did uh, he did get a bit of hampering. I don't know if that's an issue or not, but he, he's a monster price for a horse who's probably going to put himself in the right spot. Well, he's another horse that, from a profile point of view, initially when I was doing the form at Rose Hill on this runner, the the markings were sort of giving indicate 
ready to go. This is the run he want to be. But I was real negative, the 1,800 metres. That's why I stepped aside from the horse. But back to the 1,600, absolutely 100% this horse's A1 go-to game play. Profile-wise, again, everything's predicated around Ozapenko, right? If Ozapenko can't bring that profile to the table, then this is the next horse that gets in the race and comes from that same race and shape. Uh, yes, he did He did get all the favours and on the technicals you would sort of sit back and say the other two have probably got a slight edge on it. Yep. And I would say that's possibly correct. But from a mile perspective, if you're doing anything with multis or you're looking at, you know, Having a, a level of comps, this horse is going to be a top four finish. I wouldn't uh, be disagreeing with that. Yeah, so low 30s price-wise, so yeah, won't make one to there. And, and, and rounding off with uh, our man Nash on uh, on Cepheus, as I said, he's, he's had an amazing campaign, having his 14th start. Probably hasn't seen wet ground since he's been in Australia. I was just looking through his profile. He he, uh, he had no problem with wet ground in France. I, I've got no idea what that means, by the way, but uh, other than it, it doesn't seem a negative on, on face value there. But his form has just been faultless, this prep. Yeah, I, I remember looking at this horse very carefully. He's no good on the wet. Right, so he was okay. Yeah, oh, that big, was at uh, in the Doncaster. He's been yeah, a million miles. Yeah, yeah, he's a big negative in the wet. He's clearly a horse that likes clean ground, and unfortunately for this horse, I would have. And if you weren't looking at how long you've been up and the profile of the way the IVR data is going in his trend pattern, you would say I would have this horse as the one to be for Mozapenko. But unfortunately, I felt. Firstly, this horse has come right to its top and is on a decline. And there's a, there's quite a bit of evidence that sort of indicate that he's declining. When I see this sort of profile, I, I'm like very, very anti. Now, I've kept the horse in the top four because it's how much are you going to decline by, right? They don't decline by 10 lengths. Yeah. They might decline by a length or two. Now, that length or two... It's definitely a difference between winning and not winning, right? Yep. But that could still have you in the finish if others have bad luck. And if that happens, then he's there. But I look, if I was a bookmaker, Rolfi, I'd take it on. Now, it's probably too hard a race to take on because it's you know, most horses are going to be a, a good price. What price is this horse? Uh, about eight or nine. Yeah, see, it's horrible. You can't in – the, in the game of laying – I don't know, but people play the lay game. I sometimes go there, right? Yep. But the only times I go there is when horses are like maybe $2, $2.20, but definitely got to be odds on. I like laying those horses. I don't like to lay when they're $8 or $9 because you have to outlay fortunes just to make Stratton and it's not worth it. <laughs> exactly. It's still against you. So yep. uh, it sounds like you, you. this is a race where you're not uh, overly arguing with the market at all. Ossipenko from Detonated Jack. Well... How, Ralphie? If Ozopenko turns up, he, he, you know, that price is absolutely justified, and they're probably. Just, I'm not saying it's big luxury because it's about right. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to say he's two dollar chance because I don't believe he is. He, but he is definitely a three dollar chance. Well, in particular, the way you, I know you play, you like keeping the place on yep. side. It, it seems like it's a pretty nice opportunity. So I, I like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yep. Okay, Ascot. 
Well, as, as an overview, um, obviously it's a bit of a headache uh, as, as seeing a, a race abandoned in the last race last week. The rail's out further, over six metres. Hopefully that means uh, no uh, no um, uh, poor, poor racing or race results due to the surface. Uh, we're going to have a very hot day. Um, typically, how do you expect Ascot to play when the rail's at six metres? Well, you don't, you don't want to be closest to the fence, that's for sure. You definitely don't want to be close to the fence. Just visualise Flemington, and that's how you need to visualise it. You come around the turn, and you need to be steering lanes 10 plus, and your opportunity will be before you to win. Even if you're three, four, five lengths off them, if you can get into lanes 10 or wider, which they'll easily get into. So, so it, relative to the relative to the rail, you're talking about four to five off. Yes, that right? yeah, that's okay. correct. Yeah, it was just... rail in the six. You start being four or five off the fence or wider. That's exactly where you want to be. Lovely. All right. Just wonder if it's a thin race. Time will tell. I'm very keen on your take here. I didn't mm-hmm. couldn't find a lot of chances here. So uh, let, let's break it down because particularly when uh, when, when you're banging up an IVR forecast here on the early edition of race speed profiles, two and a half lengths above benchmark. Well, there's not a lot that you can expect to get to there. And you've got a high confidence level normally on a Friday. Uh, I rarely see the word high confidence. That's a good sign that the uh, the first cut is saying that it, uh, it looks, on paper anyway, a, a fairly straightforward race. Firstly, the pace in the race, how much you, how, how how fast are you expecting them to go? We're talking about race eight, right? We're talking about race eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just wanted to make sure. Well, I know that's how you call the big races, race yeah, eight. No, no. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the easiest way people get used names, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I get it, but race eight means I can't go wrong, right? You're talking business. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. This is a golden scenario. I cannot see him going slower than plus three, right? Right. That, that's got to be the starting point. Could you go plus eight ten? Maybe, right? It's quite possible. Will Tuvalu be that horse to do that? No, Jamie, Jamie Carr won't be the one doing that. But there's too many others that will want to um, really set the the bar and the pressure, and it's going to be running. I've marked above average, but we, we, I reckon we're borderline fast pace. Yep. So under that circumstance, a horse like Tuvalu, who's a beauty, and he actually won a Turek under a fast pace, but He's still going to be dictated to by race shape because even though Jamie Carr won't be doing the pressure from barrier three, he's probably going to land second line. Well, he will land second line, but Jamie's pretty smart. She, you know, she, she won't care if the others are three or four in front of her. Yeah, she's, she's still going to run the horse to the pace. So she's not that rider that will overextend. Generally speaking, now I know we're going to Ascot. Will that change her game set? Well, if she does, that'll that'll beat her. I hope she doesn't do that. Right, I hope she rides to her pat, her pat. Right, yeah. Because what that'll mean is, when they turn for home, she'll just peel to the right, and that horse will be the first horse they all have to beat. Then, all right. Well, let's start with him. He's he's probably a horse. You know, I mean, he, he is saying a, a plus two and a half is is your your IVR forecast there, and. That's him comfortably. Uh, last spring, though, he was probably at a, at a slightly higher level when winning the Turak and then being placed in the Champions Mile. This time, he's been good, a little bit below that, but certainly good enough to meet your forecast. Well, that's right. It's, it comes all back down to the competition, right? And there are things that you can articulate around a, a bunch of other horses, which we'll touch on. But this horse is special, a smiler. I look at its profile. Campaign-wise, you're almost 
take I'm I'm taking the view peak run tomorrow. Yep. Just got to race. Yeah, it just needs to travel well. That run last starts probably just set it off to bring it right to its absolute top. And the one point seven that it produced last start, that would be in my view, it'll be the worst the horse will run tomorrow. And that even on that run line there, you're top four. Yep. Just on the one point seven. You just run the Mooney Valley, you're gonna be first four. Only the world's worst ride will stop that from happening. <laughs> not not a likely situation with Jamie no, Carr from no. for sure. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh Roots. Oh, look, I, I thought when the barriers came out, beauty. That's perfect for her. Uh, the, the usual reaction in a big race, whenever a horse draws, draws wide, it's, it's it's a negative. But dear me, it, 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 she's a horse with uh, with tactical speed, not to lead, but uh, certainly not to have to drop right out. Last start, enormous. You're saying the IVR forecast is plus two and a half. So I've just I've, I've written down some of her IVR uh, performances, her best six last. Uh, Best six in recent times, plus two and a half, plus 2.1, plus 2.4, plus 1.7, plus 2.4, plus 2.7. So she's coming off a career best run. And how often do we see it with mares? Sometimes they can go again. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the interesting. If you use the matrix and you go into the matrix, and I did a comparison with Tuvalu and Roots, right? Yep. On the IVR data, We've got a PB of recent times around 3.7 Tuvalu. Yep. On the Matrix, the horses potentially, this is the bandwidth of the horse, 3.7, 3.9. That's that's the horse, right? And that gives you a high level of confidence. You know this horse, if it's ridden correctly and doesn't really look to falter, and it's very hard to falter when you're up in the lead pack or just often because You've got plenty of space around. You're not going to get blocked, check, any of these things, and you're going to get first use of what I would consider the lanes. You have a high, like I have a high expectation that this horse is going to run potentially, definitely a 2.7 is what I'm sitting back thinking, right? Yep. And the possibilities, the outer limits, 3.9. Now, now I look at roots. And this is scary, Ralphie. This is scary because this doesn't happen very often. This is why I'm saying it's scary. Roots' profile last start performance, 2.7 above. Now, I've always known this horse has got huge talent, right? And it paid off in spades last week. And I'm going to myself, the star is starting to really emerge because that's what I've always felt. This horse is a potential top, top liner. I look at the matrix, and the matrix off that last start says potential plus five. Now, that's that franks everything that I ever thought of about this horse, right? Yep. And therefore giving a clear indication that this horse could be one or two lengths better than Tuvalu. So here's the conundrum. What do you do with the horse at a mile? What do you do with it? Now, I went all the way back to Flemington last year. And had a, yeah, had a good look at that run where it won 2.5. So it is fair to say now the matrix is sort of indicating mm, 2.1 is probably really generous because the indicators are when you stress test the numbers, it might only be 1.2. And then I looked at a bunch of other runs and couldn't get the horse past that line, right? Even a fifth, but a 1500. There is the scope. When it ran at Rose Hill, 
over 1,500 metres was 2.4 above. And the matrix was backing that up with about a plus 2.8. And I felt comfortable. But we are still talking another 100 metres and we're talking a pressure race. Yep. I feel in terms of positioning running, this runner with Tommy Berry on board, who I feel is absolutely the right rider. And he's got the mouth guard in, Vids. He's, he's in the zone. Yeah, love that, right? I yep. absolutely love that. And I just feel that everything is golden for the horse. The mile, can you repeat what you did at Rose Hill over the mile? Then you're the major – well, you, you probably win. That's probably more to the point. You you win. Nice. As much as six fifty is available, and um, and that they're the they're the two that are stand out. And and what I know it's a I know it's a logical field of Vince, but how often do we see it in these big races that we preview? Target race, target, 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 and Tuvalu yep. target race, Roots target race, which is nice. Um, before we get to uh, your third on your most advantage, but let, let's get to Al Safina. Um, just as an overview, what can you tell me about <laughs> Team Williams? It looks like they're backing down in uh, in WA in a very serious way. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when it comes to this time of... Uh, yep. Yep, yep. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. <sighs> long break, right? Long, long break. This is just a winner, right? Yeah. It's, it's just interesting. I, I sort of went back and had a look. It's like last seven or eight runs pretty closely. And it was a runner that I, every now and then... When I say every now and then, I always find every season a handful of horses that win, but I can't get them past benchmark, generally speaking, right? Yep. Now, I don't have to worry about this now because the horse's last two starts, it was 0.2 above last start, 2.4 above the start before. I mean, to turn up first up and go 2.4 better than standard is pretty big effort. Over no, 1,400. <laughs> It's huge, right, Ralphie? It really is. And you can expect a backward move at its subsequent run, right? And still, the horses run mighty. I, I, I just sit back and have a look at it. The overall extension from start to finish on that first up at Ascot run, on the raw yep. data, was what, 12.7? 3.4 above first section, 4.8 between the 8 and the 4, 4.6 last 400. Firstly, that gives you all the answers you want and what this is backing up about the team Williams camp, right? Yep. How do you perform to such a dynamic level, right? After such a long break, so hard to do, right? So they must've had this horse close to peak fitness. I went and had a close look at the closing speed over the last 200 meters. And there it was. I just wanted to see that little tail off that drop off. There was a drop off of almost a length. And say, okay, after high pressure, you had to give out somewhere, right? If you didn't give out, what are you going to be? Some iron horse, right? And it just sort of said to me, okay, great. You're going to probably improve about a length off that run. And then I have a look at the last start performance. The typical sign you see, 4.1 lengths below benchmark first section, much softer, feeling the runs of the previous start. Even in the mid-race, there was nothing there, Ralphie, in comparison, right? Uh, 1.3 above versus 4.8. And then, you know, very strong overall last 400. Terrific sign. Does give you this uh, indicator they're absolutely targeting this race. No question. Right? Yeah, exactly. 100%. So the, the question is now, I went through the matrix, and the matrix has sort of indicated all of last campaign where I was struggling to score the horse better than benchmark. The matrix was indicating, no, nah, the horse is sort of like a 1.2, 1.9 horse above this is. And 
<laughs> have a look at this campaign's rock solid 1.6 both runs. Yep. So I sit back and say, how much could you really improve? Well, on the way I like to do things, I feel the horse has come back a two-length better horse. And this has got to be one of two horses that are going to be the best from WA. Are they going to be good enough to challenge Roots and Tuvalu? Well, if there's any horse that can do it, it might be this one. And any, any stable too. <laughs> it's a big oh, first time. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Big well, weight drop from last week. And I, I know we don't talk weight, but I'm talking about the, the, the uh, intent and the, the targeting uh, just, just yeah. adds to it. And, and Pike, he's like D Oliver in yes. the sense of don't worry. He will not be going to any inside runs. He won't be looking for any of those things. He knows exactly where to go. If you watch him carefully, and especially at Ascot, he only does one thing. He sets his horses up for the lanes. That's all he does. He sets yeah. up. He can start off on the fence. By the time they get to the turn, put your money on it. The horse is exactly where you need to be. He'll be at least four to six off the fence turning for home, 100%. And times when he hasn't had to do that because he's been stuck in traffic, he weaves his way to the outside in the home straight. <laughs> exactly. Like it's at all cost. I'm going there because he knows you're going to find one or two. All right. Well, uh, we'll just do, do a couple of touch points here on some of these wider odds. Runners, Dom to shoot. I've been taken by this horse. I feel this is another runner that's uh, airborne, absolutely airborne, Ralphie. Has he had the perfect setup? Well, he's had a nice break. His first up run was sublime, plus three. is the best this horse has ever gone. Is that the right way to back up, though? Oh, that was my negative. That was my yeah. negative. Like 3.6 above first section, supersonic extension in the mid, Ralphie, right? 7.1 above, right? That's massive, right? And then just this huge drop-off over the last 400 metres, and if I compare it like to Al, Al how do you pronounce that horse, Rob? Al Safina. Yeah, Al Safina. It was about three lengths more the drop off. So this horse really, really felt it off a shorter break. You know, the spell was about 150 days. I just, I'm just negative second up this setup. That's all. Uh, let's bracket these two uh, tricks of the trade and comfort me. Uh, comfort me was was well beaten by him last year in this race, but uh, well beaten second that is at, at big odds. Tricks of the trade. The question is if he's come up, he's sort of a hard hard horse to really put a stamp on because uh, he's been out the back with race shapes against. Uh, what what type of chances are either of those two got? Well, if you remember last campaign or last time when we were doing WA, this well, horse was... Still I remember, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it was jumping out of... Yeah, it was jumping out of the ground like we're going to... He's, he's the next superstar female, right? And I look at the horse and say, well, you haven't started off like that. Yeah. Right? This 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 time, like, you're really slow in the gear and the, and the matrix is sort of backing it up. Like, it just doesn't appear to be the same horse, Ralphie. So I'm not sure. And this was the thing about these horses. When you're airborne, you keep going. Yeah. Are you going to be able to come back and do the same? That's the that's the gamble you've got to take. Uh, so a horse like Bustler, probably set for this race, comes off a, a pretty fast race, which is good. This time last year, we were talking about him as a, as a very nice horse when he ran second in the WA Guineas to Amelia's Dream. Yeah, I wouldn't leave this horse out of your multi. Yeah. No way. There's no way. I, I feel this horse has got good talent. 
it's not at the same level as the others that we've just talked about, but the reality is it's more than good enough to be competitive here. It's got the right rider on board, and the setup is just bang on. In fact, I would say I like what happened to it last start in terms of you know really making the massive lift from the first up run, but it's not like... 100% spot on in terms of the class against a couple of the other horses. So if they were out, like if Tuvalu Roots wasn't running, I'd say, okay, well, then you're a massive chance of getting on the podium. Now it's going to be hard because there's a few others that probably got the seat in front of you. All right, we'll talk business tomorrow, but it sounds like, you know, it's, it's pretty clear, clear cut that uh, Roots and Tuvalu are hard in the race and then, <laughs> then it's uh, it's up to a bunch of others. Uh, in the WA Guineas here... Favourite for the race is Keshi Boom. I get that. Super Smink, so seemingly Keshi Boom beat at Fair and Square last start. So Super Smink and Keshi Boom are pretty much, you know, the dominant ones in the market, uh, $2.90 and sort of $3 range. Uh, and then investment strategy is out uh, is out probably next best at uh, at $11. Zipway's in there as well, the run, run home horse. Firstly, how do you expect the pace in the WA Guineas to be run race seven? I, I have marked it above average, Ralphie. But I feel the above average outer, outer speed is going to be like plus three. And it's only because there's pace in the track. This is the only reason. But all the other markings is sort of indicating that don't be surprised if this is more like a benchmark negative first section. I'm just hoping the speed in the track and the moment's going to just create that extra bit of pace. And the reason why it might not happen is because a lot of them don't have the ability, Ralph. That's, that's, that's the sad part, right? I didn't want to blurt it out too hard, but this is the reason why, like, if they go really fast, like a, what a, a guinea should be, you know, most of them will get absolutely slaughtered, and that's, you know, not going to happen. The riders are way too smart for that. So, Keshi Boom, isn't it, like, <laughs> I'm surprised it's 290. I thought it should be about even money on, on the on the raw work I've been trying to have, uh, do to us before we do this. So, what's what's what do you suggest for this horse who at the moment's unbeaten? Well, I just feel it's most likely going to keep winning. <laughs> yeah, I mean the challenge is when you look at this race, right? And and here's the line, right? Yep. There's three horses that are above benchmark. And but mind you, the matrix backs that up. The the rest, it's just it's just like oh, I got no, I got to stay positive here. Yeah, the real the reality is that the rest just need to lift way too much. That that's the that's the bottom line. They've got to find lengths, right? Yep. And Keshi Boom doesn't. Keshi Boom repeats what it does last start. It's going to get first or second. That's it. I mean, it's just going to be as simple as that. And realistically. Having the two prices, if I was the bookmaker, which I'm not, Ralphie, I'd yes. have uh, Super Smink sixes, eights, maybe tens. Nice. Right. That's awesome. and, <laughs> and I'd keep Keshi $2. So I, don't so, want, I don't want to take any money off his. What is the what is the investment strategy? Where does it fit in? I, I sort of, you know, I, I'm <laughs> thinking you're actually a nice horse. It's $11 range. I, I don't know why it's not second favourite. It is a really nice horse. I would just say the, the only negative I could find – and if you want to call that a negative, right, yep. is it, a lot's got to do with what they do through the first section. If they get excited and they light up that first section more than what I've mentioned to you, right, which is benchmark plus two range, 
then it's probably really bad for this horse because the way it dropped off at the 1,400 metre race, have a look at the pace. 2.7 first section, beautiful in the between the 8 and the 400, maintained its line and then dropped off. And it, and it hit the wall at the 400, Ralph. It's not like, oh, you know, this just happened over the last couple of hundred metres. Really, this horse hit the wall at the 400. Yep. And then the drop-off is very clear. Up 200 metres, if you maintain that pace, you're going to put the flag up in the middle of the home straight, right? <laughs> yes. Now, if you don't, and this is why I feel it's a possibility that might not happen, and you can control or curve that energy. It's not easy to do, but if you can curve that energy through the first 400 metres and just be orderly, that might unfortunately still be plus two, right? Yep. But if it's more like benchmark, then you're a chance. But I'm just sitting back here. Uh, if it was, look, if it was if it was the rails in the true, you probably had a better chance. But out six, you're um, you're in no man's land because all the others are going to go straight in the lanes. All right, let's have a look at the scale. Race five in the program here. Casino 17's favourite. It was luckless, a horror watch for punters last start. A few of these have met each other uh, as far as uh, from that same race. Another Chino won the race. Queen Elizabeth, uh, Queen Alina ran third, and it was a bit of a bunch finish. The horse that's bringing different form there is uh, is Black Fantasy for Tommy Berry there. Uh, how are you assessing this race? Yeah, I'm glad you... Did you deliberately want to start a casino? Because that's great. I think that was a great move, Ralphie, yeah, from you. Starting, <laughs> yeah, it, well, it is favourite, right? That's the downside. But first of all, I, if this is the golden spot you want to be, you want to be stalking the lead with who? Pikey. <laughs> right. If you're stalking the lead, you're a stalker horse and you've got Pikey on board, you've already just brought one length for nothing. You haven't even started. You just got a one-length handicap on your performance. And then the second part is, okay, he's broken benchmark, Ralphie, which is another big plus. And then he will, will want to go a little bit further and say, well, he actually loves his distance range. Yep. And then, then I sit back and say, okay, what's the speed going to be like? Well, it doesn't really matter. If we go on benchmark, he's probably smoking a big pipe. And if they go on minus four, it'll be by how far, right? Right. So he's, he's going to be a very hard horse to beat. Very, very hard horse to beat. Anyone that wants to take it on, I'd say good luck to you, right? Yep. Because I have a high expectation that the only thing that could undo this horse, if they went plus eight, and who's going to do that? Who's going to do that? No well, one. We, we sometimes say funny things, but there's not an expectation. <laughs> Well, look, if there was a couple of riders or trainers said, look, you know, we want to know this is how we can win this race by putting on the big giant Bunsen burners. Yep. Maybe that could, um, you know, see big problems for, you know, Casino. But, geez, Ralphie, I, I reckon, you know, unfortunately, I wish this horse was a much bigger price, but the market's spot on. This Lovely. horse is clear cut favourite and the one to beat. All right, a couple of those favourites that we've touched on then. It seems like there's a nice degree of confidence. We'll talk business in the morning. And uh, we'll round off the, our, our chat today with uh, with the sixth race there, 1,400 listed race. The market's saying it, it's, it's pretty open. There's probably, they've probably got five chances there. But uh, you're saying moderate to high, so let, let's pull it apart a bit more. Magnificent Andy, Pompey, Vast Art, Billy Ray. Uh, how, how are you assessing this race? Yeah, this is a good race, Ralphie. Actually, I really like this race as well. Not a big field, which yep. is good. I look at the, the setup of the race and what sort of pressure we, we might be in on in terms of pace, and I sit back and say, okay, small field. Doesn't mean they don't go with good speed. They they could run plus one, plus three, 
which is good, really good pace, but didn't matter how I turn the whole setup, if they go faster, slower, I, my starting point was Magnificent Andy. And I asked myself, okay, if we go fast, what's that mean? If we go slow, what's it mean? And everything sort of pointed out to, well, you're one or two horses that have got this race in your keeping, possibly possibly a third runner, right? And, and, of course, I'd like to get down to two if I can, and then I can split which way I want to go. But firstly, Magnificent Andy, if we look at this horse carefully, he's had two excellent performances, Rolfie. The one at Kalgoorlie where it went plus 2.6, what I was really happy about is when you look at that run there, it was I felt it was way too fast the horse was going, right? Yep. But I couldn't believe how it beat everybody still. And I just said, geez, that's huge versatility because this horse likes to typically run benchmark minus three through the first section. That's its that's its pattern. And when it runs benchmark to the two range, this is two lengths below, it rarely falters. Like it wins the majority of its races with that race shape. And here we are going plus six and get victory. And mind you, Every section was above benchmark. That just shows you how strong the horse is. Then they went back to 1,200 metres. Oh, I didn't feel that was a smart move, but I'm going to myself, why? Why did you come back? Maybe, was this the race that you're targeting? Then they went back up to 1,500 metres. I felt that the horse had, when I say every chance, like it got the right race shape, it did all the right things, just wasn't able to get victory. Back to the 1,400 in this field, you got your chance to repeat a peak performances and it was a great starting point. Probably worth noting last week too, though. It was drawn low. <laughs> where would they have to move the rail away from? So yes, true, true. <laughs> probably probably another negative there. We just mentioned the uh, the um, form form from that 1,800 race of uh, Casino 17. So Pompey comes from that, from that race there and it comes back in trip. Yeah, well, I, I felt this was the second horse that profiles superbly. The only negative is it's been up a fair while, yep. but it's but it's that stable, Ralphie. <laughs> the Ma used to start feel about it, right? Yes. That um, they're just dangerous. They're just very, very dangerous. I've learned from a number. You know, we've been doing Western Australia for a number of years, Ralphie, and you don't you don't muck around with this stable, right? Doesn't matter. They're going to have fifteen runs. You just you keep them in, right? Yeah. And then I sit back and say, okay, well, you do have a two point five to your name. That's that's sensational for this, right? Okay, you went all the way up to 1,800, big deal. That's just kept the horse going. I definitely don't see a, a negative 14 days coming back to, to 1,400. Why? First section, 6.6 lengths below benchmark last start. Excellent extension in the mid-race just shows you the horse is on point and sound. Like that 10.7 length mid-race squeeze, it's definitely not its highest and it's within its wheelhouse. So in other words, it wasn't sort of been like overexerted energy wise it was like within its range and then a little bit of a drop off uh, this is overall last 400 but that was probably more of a negative than just the way the race was run than the horse so i sit back and say okay well you're you're the mate you're the first major threat 
All right, moderate talent level uh, and, and the confidence for the rest of the card there, but uh, once you've had a good chance to deep dive into those other races tomorrow, uh, we might be talking business further as far as the uh, the final edition of Race Speed Profiles. But in the, in the meantime, looks like there's uh, a few races that uh, they, they look, looked in on paper to me before I started talking to you, Vince, and I'm, I'm convinced even more had, so uh, more so now that uh, that we've had our discussion. So hopefully a good sign for the punters tomorrow. Oh, it will be. <laughs> nice. Once again, really appreciate you being a customer of Year Round Carnival.